We mark Pogosho. Why did Victorians like ghost stories? Curl up to the fire and tell you I'll tell you a ghost story. Don't be alarmed by the creak in the floorboards and murmurs in the basement. The shrill and relations of dark distant dog. Try not to be disperturbed by the flickering candle, the fleeting shadows, a horned hairy hand that appears at your elbow. Something moved. There's a face in a brickwood, a murderer along which is buried in the cellar. Say calm, breathe deeply, the ghosts of Christmas past are gathering. It was a Victorian area, of course, when ghosts proliferated most obviously in fiction as well as on stage and photographs in the drawing room sequences. For the start of the Victorian reign, it, Victoria's reign in 1837, the heath of the general was thought to be failing, but by 1887, when Mary Louise Mugworth wrote the story of the Ripley train, her character, Mr. Snowden, Mrs. Snowden, would be moaning ghost prevalence. One hears nothing else nowadays, she said, and in the pages that followed, she would hear yet another about the phantom of a beautiful woman who appeared for being burnt, terribly burnt in the fire. Who had raised all these apparitions from the dead? The most straightforward explanation is the rise of the pedagogical press, says Ruth Robbins, professor of English lecture at Leeds Metropolitan University. Ghost stories had traditionally become an oral form, but publishers suddenly needed a mass content, and ghost stories fitted the bill. Short, cheap, dramatic, repetitive, able to be quite easy easy to length. Each, every one of them one to spot commercial opportunity. She said Charles Dickens produced his own his own highly successful ghost story, Crystal Christmas Carol in serial form, just before Christmas, 1843. This is the same year as the first commercial produced Christmas card was sent. The Dickens story both reflected and influenced the growing trend for making Christmas which protected separations. Celebrations. Dr. Andrew Smith, author of the ghost story, 1840 to 1920, says, People like Dickens wanted to revive some motion community invested with the idea of Christmas. What's interesting is that his vision of Christmas is that not to kick the Christian, about the family helping the poor, a moment when you might pause and reflect on your life. But Ebenezer Scrooge, realising through the council of ghosts, he must embrace his family, look after his good-natured clerk, and come the impediment of generosity. Christmas has long been associated with ghosts, says Roger Clark, all for the natural history of ghosts, 500 years ago, hunting for proof. Just before Christmas, 1642, for instance, shepherds are said to have been seen ghostly Civil War soldiers battling in the skies. This connection continued in the Victorian era when Dickens' stories, through the ghost stories he later published at Christmas in all, in all his particular all the year round. We have contributors including Wilkie Collins and Elizabeth Creskill. It will be continuing tradition started by M. R. James, the professor, provost of King's College, Cambridge, who would invite a select few students and friends to his rooms early each year on Christmas Eve, where he would read one of the ghost stories he had written, which was still popular today. They include Cullen's Utterate Scrapbook, 1895, in which an ancient holy book brings forth a demonic presence that announced by hand covered the coarse black hairs longer than a human hand, nails rising from the ends of wet fingers and curvy, curving sharply down the forward grey, horny, and wrinkled. 
popularity of ghost stories are strong related to the ecological changes. The industrial revolution has led people to migrate from rural villages into the towns and cities and created a new middle class. They moved in houses they often had servants, says the clerk. Many taken on taken on around October and November when nights were joining in early. The new staff found itself in a pretty foreign house, seeing things everywhere, jumping at every creek. By means says servants were expected to be seen and not heard, especially not seen, to be honest. You go to the state home at Harewood House, you see concealed doorways and servants' corridors. You would actually have people popping in and out without you really knowing they were there. Which could be quite a freaky experience when you've got these ghastly figures who actually inhabited the house. Lighting was often pro- provided by gas lamps. It's also been indicated to provide a ghost story. Carbon oxide emitted could provoke hallucinations. It's a prodigance of people ghosts in their daily life come to the middle of the century. In 1848, the young Fox sisters in New York heard a series of tapping, a spirit apparently communicating with them through code, and its story spread quickly. The vulgar spiritual was underway. Spiritists believed ghosts residing in the afterlife were potentially able to communicate with the living, and it was set up at seances to neighbour this. Peter Lambert, the author of Extraordinary Belief, says those gatherings started quite simple. And the format gets more and more impressive. There are floating tables, floating musical instruments, and at one at some point you get a full full militarization of ghosts dressed in white. Occasionally the apparition would be would get grabbed at sounds and it was discovered it was actually the medium. This in this interest in the supernatural might seem odd to the growing body of scientific and technological knowledge, but many argue they were intimately connected. Intimately connected in in the nineteenth century, people were increasingly able to communicate at distance in a dose-of-bodied fashion. The telegraph allowed messages to be tapped out in code over long distances. So, unlike the foxes, has promoted ghosts and ability to communicate first with other cities, then countries, eventually to transmit messages across the Atlantic, was brilliant and alarming. If you have people communicating for five thousand miles away, said Robbins, words come come across the ocean, tapped out in the most code. It might actually be quite a small leap for the imagination to say, there's a dead man who I used to know quite well, who took me to me through most code. The growth of photography brought the advent of spirit photography, and that's where people changed enormous, well, tra- these, there were people charged enormous fees and used various tricks to picture shelters that go the image of dead loved ones. William M- Mundler, for instance, who created a f- famous image of Mary Todd Lincoln with the ghostly hands of a dead husband. Abraham Lincoln using his uh, her shoulders, resting on shoulders. Then came film and radio, ghastly disembodied voices, images poured out of the screen and over the airways. Now ghosts in either in either in either under the bed and more 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 on people's heads. Throughout the nineteenth century, said Smith, there's a progressive internalization of horror, the idea that monsters out there but we found but to be found within, that's obviously comes with viewed void with a ghost story. There is a sense that indeed being able to lock yourself away in your home to leave the monster outside, the monster lives with you, and I mean, kind of, let's see.